Welcome back, everyone, for the final interview for Homeschool.com's 2008 Homeschooling Teleconference. I'll be batting cleanup this week. My name is Rebecca Kogendurfer. I'm the author of Homeschooling for Success and um, the editor-in-chief for Homeschool.com. I have three children. I've been homeschooling for uh, 16 years. So I thought that I can uh, answer some of your questions. I surveyed homeschool.com's product testers last summer, and I asked them, you know, what are your biggest concerns? What are your biggest questions about homeschooling? And so, therefore, today we're going to be covering those main questions, which include uh, how do I make sure that my child is at or above grade level? How can I homeschool different age children at the same time, especially with a baby or a toddler in the house? Uh, how can I organize my time between homeschooling, chores, and work without losing my mind? Uh, how can I keep myself and my child motivated all year long? And how can I give my child a complete education without breaking the bank and without spending 8 to 10 hours a day? And then the final topic I'd love to cover today is the best way to prepare for high school and college. But before we go into those topics, I'd like to answer those uh, questions that our callers asked uh, uh, before this call and kind of give you my take on that, recognizing, of course, that uh, everybody homeschools differently. So I'm just going to give you my perspective on that, and then I'll open the call back up and take some more questions from you. The first question we had is from Andrea. She has four children, and her oldest is 12. And she's uh, worried that one of her children is a grade behind and wondering where he should be. So this is a common, common question, possibly the most common question for homeschooling after socialization. And I really want to comfort you about that. Um, every type of school has their own grade level expectations. For example, a Waldorf school has different expectations than a Catholic school, then does a Montessori school, then does a classic homeschooler compared to an unschooler. For example, uh, Waldorf schools um, like their children to wait to learn to read until the second grade, whereas there are many private schools where they expect the preschool students to be reading. So um, I like to advise homeschooling families to work backwards. Um, think about what is it, what type of person do you want your child to be when they walk out the door at 18? Um, are they going to be going to college? Um, do they have any ideas what their career might be? Um, and what type of uh, skills do you want them to have? And work backwards from there. I think it's really so much better to work um, from your children's goals than it is to work from some grade level expectations. The only time I would advise about uh, following grade level expectations is if you think you're going to put your child into school. So, for example, if you think that your child is going to be going to a local or a Catholic high school, find out what their expectations are so that you can match your curriculum to theirs, and that way your child will have an easier transition into school. But if you are planning on homeschooling all the way through, then you really have a lot of latitude because, as I said, these grade-level expectations are really random. For example, if you look at the California expectations, it says that a sophomore year in high school is when you teach the child about Mother's Day. And fourth grade is when you teach them about the gold rush. So <laughs> you have a lot of creativity about that. But I do have some books that I can suggest for you. 
um, where they give different grade-level suggestions. The first book that our family has really found useful is the E.D. Hirsch books, um, what every, it's what every um, kindergartner should know, what every first grader should know, what every, it goes through second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grader. And we have really worn our books uh, to tatters. They talk about uh, what every third grader should know for history, for science. They have great stories in there, poetry, and uh, a really uh, neat resource that you can use for your full curriculum or certainly as a supplement. Um, the Well-Trained Mind, uh, many of you are familiar with that book. That's by um, Susan Wise Bauer. It's the guide to classical education at home. So, of course, she has different expectations for what each grade and each level should be able to do. Um, there's another excellent book by Rebecca Rupp, R-U-P-P. -P. It's called Home Learning Year by Year, How to Design a Homeschool Curriculum from Preschool through High School. You can also do a Google search, put in the name of your state, and then put in the word grade level expectations. So for example, you would put in Texas and then grade level expectations, or California and then grade level expectations and see what comes up. Um, I, I've, in my experience, it hasn't been that helpful um, for grade level expectations or science level expectations. As I said, it's really more organizational for the schools. It only becomes relevant uh, if you're going to put your child back into the classroom. And in that case, you want to set them up for success and match your curriculum with theirs so that they have a smooth transition. So callers, I want to open up the call and make sure that I've answered uh, Andrea's question and follow up with any questions about this particular topic that you might have. Okay, so there's um, a lot of people on the call. Please press star six. That will mute out your phone and that will keep the noise down so that we can chat back and forth. So when you have a question, press star six. It takes a minute for the call to come down, and then um, happy to follow through and answer any other questions you have about grade level expectations. Okay. Does anybody have, Andrea, did I answer your question about that? Yes, that was perfect. Um, between both of you, that's really good because um, I don't, you know, you never know what life is going to bring and if they'll ever be going back into the public school system. However, um, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he's 12 years old right now, so I, I like my main thought is usually, like you say, taking your child, like going backwards with it. Don't, you know, I want him to, to leave this house and be a very well-rounded man. <laughs> So yeah, that and that, if you have a child who wants to go to Juilliard, boy, you're going to plan their education differently. Right. And if you have someone who wants to be a fireman or someone who wants to go to Harvard or someone who wants to become a hairdresser, you just, you're going to plan out their curriculum differently. Exactly. And right now, he's well, he's 12, and so, you know, his expectations could change. <laughs> if he's like me, you know, year by year. So um, I think but, that 12 is a perfect time, too, because our um, college admissions um, expert that we interviewed earlier in the week, um, he said to take a look at what potential colleges you think they might want to go to, whether it's going to be a, a junior college or a state college or an Ivy League college, and then you kind of plan backwards from there. Mm. He's showing a lot of interest in the military, which is different. So yeah, which we'll is see. different because the military, they, um, they're frowning on homeschoolers right now. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So you might want to contact them right now and find out, say, oh, my son is interested in this. He's still young, but 
what are your expectations because they're going to look for a lot of outside validation and group activities because really inde- independence is not necessarily valued in the military. Right, that is that is true. Yes. I thought they would really value a homeschooler because right. of their, you know, outgoingness and. Well, in other words, they want people who can follow orders. Right, right. So I thought it made a lot of sense, actually. At first, I was kind of miffed when I read the report, and then I spoke with the person. I went, okay, I get it. That's why you don't necessarily want to have all individual thinkers. You need people who can um, give orders and follow orders. Right. Well, he's definitely the give order type of kid, so we'll see. Yeah, Yeah, and then even, of course, the give order kids, all of us, we have to be able to give and take. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Andrea. Any other questions about the grade level expectations? Any follow-up concerns or questions that I can um, answer for you? Let me just, I'm just going to wait a second, and then I'm going to go. Um, Yes, I have a question. Yes. Um, My name is Laura, and I'm in Texas. And um, when does it matter? Does it matter in the high school years when you're, I mean, there's got to be a point where you get to a certain level for college. And I was just wondering, when does it matter where they have to? Is it high school? It tends to. Even uh, Tamara, who is an unschooler, um, she was the person we interviewed right before this. Did you get a chance to hear her interview? Yes. Tamara Orr? Uh-huh. So it does tend that homeschooling tends to get more more organized, more regimented in high school. Because um, if your child wants to go to college, you have to work backwards and find out what their expectations are. And the kids who are high school level right now, have a lot of competition for getting into college. Um, it's, it's because of a population boom. In my age group, I'm 46, I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers. So therefore, there were a lot of baby boomers, and then we had children, so therefore my children, there are a lot of them who are trying to get into the colleges and only a certain number of spots available. Uh, in UCLA, for example, they're putting three kids in a dorm room instead of two. So the competition is fierce. But uh, in six years from now, that's not going to be the case because then the population will have leveled out. The boom will have passed on. So if you have younger children, do the happy dance because your kids are going to have a lot easier time getting into college. Whereas for my children, I have an almost 17-year-old, and we're having to play ball. And um, I'm kind of knee-deep into it right now. And what the colleges are looking for, they're looking for high SAT and or ACT test scores. So a lot of homeschooling families... They start working on that right away, on the vocabulary, on the math, taking the practice test. You can do that as early as the ninth grade. Um, oh, caller, I hear a, a man's voice in the background. If you would mute out your phone, please. Oh, thank you. It's five times ten. So let me go into the quiet mode. And I lost my train of thought. Ah. Caller, help me. Where... I got interrupted by hearing the background voice. Laura, what we, would you tell me where we were? Can you hear? Yes, this, this, this is Laura. Yes, thank you, Laura. I'm sorry, I, I got derailed with hearing the voice in the background. Oh, well, I was just wondering, um, I have, <clears throat> right now I have... Um, an 11-year-old, and I have all the, I have five children, and I'm trying to figure out um, when I should be more concerned about what they're learning and really stick with the program. And I guess um, high school would be the time, right? Yes, and so I'm thinking high school because you want to keep the transfer, and any transferring that goes on in high school becomes much more difficult. 
Okay. But also bear in mind that the, one of the biggest pieces of advice um, that I received over and over again about high school is to get your kids into those junior college classes as young as possible. Okay. Because um, you can do your high school subjects in the junior college and get dual enrollment credit. Okay. Is um, high school and college credit for the same class. And also, it's much easier to get into college as a transfer student than it is as a college freshman. And they get to have the experience. So when I asked our product testers about high school, that was their um, biggest piece of advice, is to use the junior colleges. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Callers, I, um, if you wouldn't mind, um, thank you. Mute out your phone by pressing star six. I hear some children playing in the background, and you're probably thinking you're in mute mode. Okay, thank you, Laura. Any other questions about grade level expectations? Okay, I'm going to go into quiet mode and talk about burnout. Charlene had a question about how to avoid burnout. I have a, a secret for this, and I've, I'm telling you, I think it's a genius idea that I picked up from somebody else. I wish it were my own, but it's to work goals backwards. You have far less burnout and far less, far fewer issues of motivation if you ask your children, what is it that you want to learn? You go to each one of your children individually and you say, what is your number one goal? I found out that my son really wants to write a book. So by golly, we pull out the stops. And, you know, he get, I have a writing coach for him now, and he gets to spend a lot of time on writing this science fiction fantasy book. My daughter's number one goal is to, was to foster kittens last fall. So therefore, boy, we made that our, um, our number one priority, and we did the research. We worked together to find the research, um, find where they can do that. We had the foster kittens, a really neat experience. For my 14-year-old uh, freshman, her number one goal is to get on point in ballet. So I love this whole goal-setting approach to parenting, to child-rearing, and to homeschooling because it, um, you, you don't have to push a child when they have a reason for what it is that they're learning. You can even ask them subject by subject, what is it you want to learn in science? What is it you want to learn in biology? What is it you want to learn for history? Because you don't have to do it in any particular order, remember. And if they're learning about uh, Elizabethan England because they're really interested in pride and prejudice, I mean, that helps a lot. Or for science, if they have a passion for natural disasters, I mean, who says that they have to handle do earth science just because they're 12 years old. You have a lot of latitude in that. Charlene, did I answer your question about that? We're talking about how to avoid burnout. And of course, um, the number one cause for burnout is following a set curriculum where you um, sign up with an umbrella school or a curriculum provider and you do school at home. The school at home method has the highest burnout method. Where, uh, in other words, be as organized as you need and your children need to be comfortable. Don't feel like you have to follow any particular method or that you have to do school at home. Because you have a lot of creativity and flexibility about that. And there's uh, one more caller who has a young child in the background. Thank you. Mute out your phone, please. Press star six. It's, and, then, and a person who's saying, it's okay, it's okay, and talking to the toddler. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I got. That's what I got. Negative six. That's what I had before. Doing math with your child. Mute out your phone, please. Negative six. Negative six. 
Okay. So that, we may not be able to leave the line open. Okay. Deb, your question about how to enjoy writing, um, I'd love to talk about that too. I, um, I have three children, and two of them want to write books. And I think the reason for this is because they saw me writing a book. And I was so scared five years ago when Time Warner came and said, would you write a homeschooling book for us? And I thought, oh, no, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. And it ended up being a beautiful experience. Um, and the kids saw me doing it, enjoying it. It was really great. So let them see you writing would be um, the first part of my advice. Second thing would be um, not to red pen everything that they're doing. Um, for my children who are who love writing, I think one of the reasons they do is because I, I tell them, I say, hey, that's what an editor's for. You don't have to have everything perfect. Go ahead and get your ideas down on paper, and then later on we can proof it or we can finish it off. And then um, the writing prompts. I have uh, one of my children loves to use writing prompts where she, she pulls it out of, of a basket, and it says, uh, there's a monster in the closet. You know, what happened next? Or in the box, some little writing prompt where they just get to take off. And the game is that you set the timer for 15 minutes and their um, pen's not allowed to stop. Even if they're writing blah, 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 I don't know what to write, the game is that their pen keeps moving forward. Now, for my son, um, the writing prompts didn't work for him at all. He didn't have the skills to be able to just start letting it flowing. It made him crazy. So we used Andrew Poudois' uh, writing program for that, um, the uh, Institute for Writing, I believe is what it's called, and that worked really well because Andrew has the child read a passage of nonfiction work, something about elephants, for example. And they go sentence by sentence. So you read a sentence, and then they have to underline three words that are memory triggers. And they uh, keep a piece of paper, and they write down, you know, number one, which means sentence number one. And they write down the three um, memory triggers for that. And then they do sentence two. They write down the three key words in that sentence that are going to remind them what that sentence is. And then they go back through the six sentences for that paragraph, and without looking at the original material, now they are going to recreate that paragraph, sentence by sentence, just using those key words and those memory triggers. And boy, that really helped my son. It turned him into an excellent note taker, and it really um, helped him with his writing. So I sure do a Google search for Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W. His last name is Poudois, <laughs> P-U-D-E-W-A. And I believe it's the Institute for Writing and his Writing for Success, uh, Writing for Excellence programs sure works well for us. It's a CD program. You put it on your, um, your computer, your laptop, or your um, DVD player. And it's a recording of him teaching this really awesome a weekend class. He has such a great sense of humor. So your child will um, watch the lesson, pause it, do the writing exercises, and then the next day come in and then hit play and take the next um, lesson on the course. So callers, I've opened up the line again. I wish I didn't have to close it, but just for um, noise control. Charlene, did I answer, I mean, Deb, did I answer your question about writing? Um, yes, thank you very much. Um, I'll do a Search on this Andrew and uh, see what he has. I do have boys, um, and my 12, especially he just does not like to write, so I'll see if this will help. Thank you. Yeah, I guess just to give it a try, because I have a boy and two girls, and I've noticed that with girls, they tend to never finish any of their stories. They write on and on and on forever, and whereas the boys have a harder time starting. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. yeah, and then and then you know maybe just writing for pleasure, and we're um, you know how they say the best way to wreck reading is to turn everything into a book report, to make them write a book report after every book that they read. Uh-huh. And so I think one of the best ways to wreck writing is to correct everything that they write. Because I mean it's still fun for anybody if you write something down, you pour your heart into it, and then it comes back with a bunch of red marks. Okay. So maybe maybe to avoid that, I'm sure you're not doing that, but maybe to avoid that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We uh, interviewed Kim. Um, Culbertson earlier this week too, who's a writing teacher, and she says um, journals are really worked well, particularly with girls, but even with boys, that they just write down their feelings, and then the rule is that you're not allowed to read it, but just to get them used to writing, making it a writing habit, a writing practice. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Deb. Yeah, thank you for your help. I hope it's a help. Yeah. Any anybody else have a question to do with writing? Uh, Lynn, your question was about how to make sure that an accelerated student is covering everything. Yes. And um, I have, as I said, I have three children, and I have a gifted 11-year-old. My kids are they are just normal, but it, wouldn't you know the third child wants to. She's moving through everything faster because she wants to keep up with her older brother and sister. <laughs> and uh, I interviewed um, earlier this week a woman who wrote College by 12, mm-hmm. and it was fascinating. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that interview, but... For her kids, she called it dangling the college carrot. And um, and my daughter and I read that book, College by 12, from cover to cover, and now my 11-year-old wants to do this too. She really wants to be able to take these online junior college classes, and she loves the idea of graduating early. So maybe talk with your child and find out what the motivation is, because, for example, my daughter loves to write, but she doesn't really like math. But in order to pass this high school proficiency exam, she has to prove that she's done at least sophomore-level work in uh, science and history, which is making her kind of uh, finish that up, and she has to finish algebra. So now she's working with an algebra tutor to do that. But perhaps the um, college carrot might help. Well, she's interested and motivated. Um, she wants to start college early. Um, the question, I guess, I didn't add details. My daughter is 12. Um, she wants to start college early. The thing is how to allow an accelerated child to do that. Um, in the state that I'm in, I was on the call also before, and um, on the call when with the lady with the college uh, by 12. Yeah. And I'm in New York, and there's very stringent rules about, you know, uh, homeschooling here, and I would like her to be able to take college-level courses because she's doing work pretty accelerated for me. Yeah. I, I know New York isn't as um, homeschooling-friendly as a lot of other states. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why, even though you have that dense population, you don't have a lot of homeschoolers, which is really interesting. Did you find out what the laws are for your state? Can you take a high school proficiency exam, and what are the requirements for that? Can, in, she get, can she take the junior college by um, taking the SAT? Not, I'm not talking about the elementary school SAT, but the college admissions SAT? That I have to do some more research on, but she can't take the high school proficiency exam because in New York you have to be 17 to take that exam. Yeah. Do they have, in California, they have to either be 16 or they have to, I have to document and prove that she's been doing sophomore-level work. Do they, do they let you prove the level of work in order to take the exam? I'm still researching that to see if they 
give you that loophole to actually prove that the child is doing sophomore level work. I'll, I'll bet so, because um, try that. I'll bet they have a little second tier, and they won't tell you about it, remember, because um, they have that law for a good reason. They don't want 13-year-olds passing the proficiency exam and dropping out of high school. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're looking for. And, of course, it's a bureaucracy, so they, they don't really have any flexibility. Right. But right. then also you can work backwards from the junior college, too, and, um, you know, try signing up for a class and see what are they looking for, what are they asking for. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same situation that you are and, and working around it. Okay. In California, um, they allow us to show our private school affidavit where I can prove that she's doing the sophomore level work. Okay. Have you, uh, have you attempted to have your child take online classes? What I'm doing now is um, they, um, they won't let her sit for the proficiency exam yet. Uh-huh. But um, we didn't. But she's really excited about it. So her dad and I said, "Honey, you've already passed. You, we bought the Barron's book. Um, they have a Barron study guide for it. it. Happens to be for the California high school proficiency exam, and I'll bet they have it for New York too. Uh-huh. So she's been working off of that exam and taking the practice test. So she's already passed um, the English portion of the practice test, but she hasn't been able to pass the math portion. Okay. So, she, you know, so, so we're still moving forward and keeping that goal in front of her and letting her know that we take the goal really seriously and we're not taking no for an answer, if you will. Mm-hmm. So she's working with the tutor to help her finish off the math. And then we told her, we said, honey, when you pass that exam, even if it's not officially passing it where you went into the Department of Education and took it, said we're going we're gonna to stop the clock and we're going to celebrate. So we're breaking this big goal into smaller chunks. So we're going to um, celebrate when she passes the exam, even if she just took it at home where we set the clock. And then we're going to celebrate when she's um, able to prove the sophomore level work and able to sit for the exam officially. And then um, I have a meeting with the junior college admissions advisor um, next week to see what it will take for her to be able to take a writing class, an online class there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but feel free to come into homeschool.com. The Contact Us button comes to me, and you and I can email back and forth. Thank you. And I'll let you know what I'm finding out. Thank you. Any other questions about um, homeschooling an accelerated student? I have a question. Hi. Hi. Hello. A question. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. Uh, how about um, the first person, and tell me your name, if you would. It helps me hear you. Okay, this is Yamaja. Yamaja, yes. Yes, I have uh, a student that is doing chemistry. She's 14, and um, because I'm a student myself, I and you know it hasn't been too long since I graduated college. I have all of these resources that are really great books. I like my college coursework better than I enjoy my high school coursework because it just I don't know it just seems more user friendly. So I've been teaching from those guides. The only issue that I see, and I don't know if it is an issue, is I don't have a lab for her to do biology. I have experiments for her to do the chemistry, but no lab for her to do the worm dissecting, disgusting stuff like that. So I'm wondering what is a technique that I can use to do the biology portion where she's not just getting the book portion of it, but she's also doing the labs. Yes, you're um, you're in, in good company for that. It's kind of hard with homeschooling at those labs. Mm-hmm. Um, for my, you can use a junior college class mm-hmm. um, for the labs because they have fantastic chemistry and biology labs. Um, I did a Google search for, it was called um, Science Kits or Science Tools. And okay. I found they had an excellent at-home chemistry kit that followed some of the, the more popular 
uh, chemistry curriculums like Abeka and Alpha Omega, where they um, gave you instructions in the science kit as to how it uh, tied in with that particular textbook, that homeschooling science textbook. Um, I, I have found them for chemistry, and that's what I'm using. I know, for but biology, it's been biology, hard for me, too. It, it's a little bit difficult. Now, you know, they have those online dissection sites. Have you looked at that, where they... Okay. Yeah, yeah, but do a Google search. So they have the different um, cow eyeball kit. I know it's so disgusting to talk about. But you can you can order the eyeball kit, and then they have the um, onion kit where you do the blasto fist mm -hmm. kit like that. Okay. So do a um, do a Google search for at home biology kits. But I'm with you. I have not found yet a complete one year bio biology lab at home. Okay. Now, yeah. does it need to be one year? All of the courses. No, no. I mean, my son was able to kind of do it in a half a year, but, I'm t but I have to tell you, we didn't do that great of a job with biology. I'm kind of disappointed for how we did it at home. Okay. Yeah, we, we did the, um, we used the teaching tank. That mm -hmm. was really neat for some at-home experiments. Uh, we had lots of books on uh, microscopes. We did lots of experiments on microscopes. We did some online dissections just because he didn't want to do any of the physical dissections with the formaldehyde. It kind of grossed him out. I don't blame him. Yeah. And then I didn't know at that time that he could take the um, biology class at the junior college. Okay. So they don't have an age limit? I know a lot of the teachers at my junior college because I took courses there. Oh, yeah. Uh, How okay. old is your child? I have one that's 14 and one's 15, boy okay. and girl. You might be okay. Your 14, 15-year-old okay. might be okay. To go on campus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the woman who we interviewed with the college by 12, you know, to comfort you, she didn't just drop her 14, 15-year-old off at campus to hang around the fraternities and, you know, go drinking in the pub. She stayed there. Well, it, there's one, because I'm in downtown Chicago, so there's a junior college right across the street from me. So she could go there while I take her class and then come to my office. So, or, you know, I could hang out over there. It wouldn't be a, a huge deal. And then, you know, at a certain time of the day, a lot of us professionals, because we do continuing education, there's not a lot of teenagers hanging out at night, especially downtown. There's mostly adults, so I don't think it would be a huge deal. Yeah. Thank you for that suggestion. I've got one more question. Yeah. I uh, am wondering about curriculum as far as Bible training. There is a lot of that. Um, come on to homeschool.com, and in the resource guide, we have a whole Christian section. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that, and you can do a Google um, search for that. But there's a lot of that available. Okay. Do you have any particular resources that you found helpful? Our, well, our product testers, of course, liked um, Alpha Omega and Abeka, and um, I'm trying to think of some of the other names. But on Homes.com, we review all the curriculum before we put it in the resource guide. Okay. And it, yeah, and it comes in from our product testers, too, so I think that, that'll have a good list for you. Okay. And did you find that the children liked it? Because we have classes at my church, but the kids just seem out of it. <laughs> yeah. I think that that, I think you're going to have to kind of go child by child, curriculum okay. by curriculum, because what one kid loves, the other one doesn't. Okay. You know, even in your own family, because if it doesn't match their learning style or their readiness or their interest, if you have an auditory learner and you've got them reading material, it's not going to, it's not going to Okay. Stick. Yeah. And I have, you know, for, I have these great auditory um, materials that my first child loves, and sure enough, my third child is a visual learner. She hates them. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I think you're just going to have to test it out on that. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
Hi, I wanted to interject on the last person that spoke, looking for the homeschooling um, science biology. Oh, yes, please. Um, there's a website called www.hometrainingtools.com. Yes, that's what I was trying to think of. Home, and they have a great biology kit. Um, my daughter is taking um, Apologia Biology, and it, it has the earthworms. Everything is included. Oh. They've got it done then. I'm so glad because the it's last a complete time I kit. them, they didn't have it. They have a complete kit for oh, biology. So we used kit. their chemistry kit and it was excellent. Yes. Let's delve in that website address again, www.hometraininginggtools.com. <laughs> Home training tools. Oh, thank you, caller. What was your name? Lynn. Oh, oh yes, thank you, Lynn. Glad <laughs> okay. to know that. Okay. And they tie it in with uh, a Becca Alpha Mega Apologia. They tie them right in. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, that reminded me of it too. Yeah, they were just a year late for us. Any other questions about accelerated learning, accelerated students? I have a question. My name is Madeira. Hi, Madeira. And um, I was wondering, how do you find out for your state what a sophomore level work is? What what is that? What does that consist of? Now remember, um, soft high school level work is going to be different if you're just going for a high school diploma or if you're going for college admissions. Okay. So um, colleges in general are looking for four years of math, four years of science, four years of English, four years of um, foreign language. But for the diploma requirements, they're different state by state, but a lot of times they only require math through um, geometry, whereas um, a college admissions expert's looking for up to pre-calc. Um, uh, the graduation requirements uh, for history are going to be U.S. history, civics, so check and see what the specifics are for that. Um, okay. For science, I believe for diploma, it's chemistry and biology, but um, for colleges, sometimes they like the advanced placement classes or more you know, earth science, more science. I think for diploma, they only require two years of a foreign language, but for college admissions, they're looking for four. So it kind of, you'll have to, once again, work backwards. Okay, and those classes, sometimes they have at a community college, like dual enrollment. Oh, that's the best. And so you, you know, that that will cover it all? <laughs> yes. I mean, okay. Yeah, in other words, but in other words, you have to play ball if you're after a diploma. Okay. So, and now I'm learning all these backdoor ways to get into college that I wish I'd known before because I feel like I'm having my 17-year-old um, son do the, the hard way to get into college. In other words, he's been doing the four years of all those different classes, and we haven't taken any junior college classes yet. Now, next year he's going to. For his senior year, he's going to take two um, junior college classes, but I wish I had had him do it earlier. And um, also we're having him, you know, do all this SAT prep, trying to get the high SAT scores, whereas if you can go in as a transfer student where your um, homeschooler is an early junior college student, it's so much easier, at least in California, it's much easier to get into the uh, UCs as a transfer student than it is coming in off a of high school. Right. Yeah, and I have my son taking all these advanced placement classes too, and I feel like he's really working probably too hard that if I'd been a little more creative, if I'd used that junior college more, I think it would have made it a lot easier. And that's the advice from our product testers, too. For okay. their high school students, they said that was the best thing that they did and the best thing they learned was to use the junior college for your high school homeschooler. Okay. So it's just a matter of whether or not your junior college will accept younger age children then. Right. And, or, or how 
what it is you need to do okay. to get them accepted. Great. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you. Oh, you're welcome. Any other that thank you, Madeira. Any other questions about um homeschooling an accelerated student? Okay. Then the next question is from Lisa, and uh, her question really is about how do you homeschool different age children and different level children, different subjects for children all at the same time? Because she said she has one who's kind of accelerated, two that need help, and she has a toddler. <laughs> so, Lisa, that's the number one question, isn't it, with homeschooling? That's our biggest challenge compared to a high school teacher. We don't necessarily have the discipline uh, issues that a regular classroom teacher has, but we have the one-room schoolhouse. Some of the um, great suggestions from our product testers for toddlers is um, do it, you know, do your one-on-one -on -one work when the toddler is sleeping, or get someone to help with the toddler, or get to, uh, one of your older children to work with the toddler, or to put together a special uh, homeschooling basket for your toddler. I love this idea. In other words, this is a basket or a box that only comes out during homeschooling times, and it may have a video in it or um, a coloring book and crayons, some fun little things that are only available during your homeschooling um, time, and that way it keeps it nice and fresh, and that should give you an hour or two that you can go and work one-on-one -on -one with your other children. And does, does that um, answer your uh, question about that with the toddler? Elise, I don't know if you're still on the line or if you're talking, your phone is muted. And then remember about the accelerated student, that's the beauty of homeschooling, is that we can go as fast or as slowly as we need. And uh, it's so um, common, of course, for a student to move quickly through one subject but to need more time on the other one. And it's so nice that we can, we can go after mastery learning, that we're not just skimming through the subjects and trying to bounce from grade level to grade level, that um, we know whether the kids are getting their multiplication tables before they go on to do um, fractions. So I, I really like that, and that each child can work at their own pace. And then remember our goal, too, is we're all the time looking at our kids and we're trying to figure out, help them identify what are their interests, what is it that they love to do, what are their special talents and skills, because this is where they're really going to shine in life. In, and in helping them develop these talents and follow through on that. So I think that that's kind of, that's just kind of a natural that your kids are going to be doing different things at a different time. And then your big issue there is going to be your, your toddler, your Tasmanian devil, <laughs> giving him the attention that he needs. I know some of our product testers said that they do their homeschooling on the floor using um, those lap tables because that way the mom can be right there with the toddler. The toddler can sit on her lap, get the touching, the intention that he or she needs, while she's still working with the other students. Callers, do you have any other suggestions for, um, for Lisa on homeschooling different age children at the same time, especially if you have a baby or a toddler in the house? And you'll press star six to unmute your phone if you have a follow-up question or any other suggestions on this topic. I have a question. Yes, please, what is your name? My name is Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Um, I'm from Tennessee, and I homeschool an eighth grader. We've been homeschooling ever since kindergarten. And one of my questions is you were talking about that you can school at your own pace. But for example, she'll be in high school next year, and on the math program we use, it's a 180-day program. 
So if you get stumped a day or you go on a field trip or something and you miss a day of school, then I feel pressured the next day to get two days of that lesson in in order to get that curriculum finished that year so that so we can go on to Algebra 1 the next year. So how do you not get lost in the gap there feeling like you need to do catch-up to stay with your same curriculum? I know, which puts you under so much pressure, doesn't it? It does. Now, um, now math tends to be um, linear. In other words, it's addition and subtraction, multiplication, division, um, fractions, decimals, percentages, algebra. And then from algebra, in the schools, they tend to jump from algebra to geometry just because uh, the diploma requires them to have that. Homeschoolers a lot of times go from Algebra 1 to Algebra 2 because that's a more logical progression. And then they go to geometry to trigonometry. So math is the, really the only subject that is linear. And, but, of course, you can work um, as fast or as slow as you want in that. So it sounds like you're kind of putting yourself under pressure matching an outside influence's pacing. Is it because you're... Um, you're using a particular curriculum and you want to stay up with that? Right. Okay, like for ninth grade, it goes into Algebra 1. Well, if you've not finished that whole book, and let's say maybe a fourth of it doesn't get done, and then you get ready to go to Algebra 2 the next year, then your child isn't really going to be ready to go into Algebra 2 if you've not completed all of the first book. And in order to complete that, you have to do about an hour less than every day to get it completed. Well, um, except that... Here's the thing. On the books, they don't know how many practice problems your student needs. It used to make my son crazy because math is easy for him, and they would give him 30 practice problems, but he only needed four to master it. So that would be the first thing I would do is take a look at your child and make sure that they're only doing as many homework problems, practice problems, as they need to move forward. And then you, and you talk about that with your student, too, because sometimes they're going to need more practice problems. Sometimes they'll need less. So you may not need that hour a day. So that, right. might, that might help. And then maybe they can do some um, kind of skipping ahead, too, because the nice thing is that you know and, and your student knows if they're getting it or not. So don't feel locked into that textbook. First off, you don't have to finish every textbook that you start because that's kind of a mistake that homeschoolers make. We bought the textbook and we're into the completion thing, but if the textbook isn't working for you, for example, for the math, there are lots of different types of math um, books that you can use to get those skills down. There are videos that they can watch. There are online classes. There are written textbooks. There are workbooks. There are audio programs. There are hands-on manipulatives, tons of different ways of getting that information. Okay. So, um, yeah, so don't feel like you have to be tied into it, and I certainly wouldn't make it um, have any tears over it. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, I wouldn't do the tears because you want them to love math. You want They're only in eighth grade. You want them to keep going. You know, make sure you're not saying you have to do this or math is hard or I hate math too. You know, watch your languaging. Now, make mm -hmm. sure that you're having fun with it. Maybe um, getting an outside person to come in and work with your student with it. But, you know, be flexible. Be good to yourself. And um, if you don't need 30 practice problems, only do the number that you need. If you want to take the day off to go on a field trip or because you have an ill member, boy, be able to do that and then make up for it because that's life. Right. And we're so lucky. Well, that thank you life. very much. Oh, my pleasure. I hope that helps. It does. Thank you. Any other questions? A question. This is Yamaja, Chicago. Hi, I am calling. Uh, my question is, 
how do you handle book reports for the high school age? I um, try to sign in books. I read a whole lot. Try to sign in books that I've read so I can make sure that they've read it and understood the different concepts and what's going on. But they don't choose the books that I've read. So I'm trying to figure out, do I go back and read all of these books or how do I just handle and make sure that they're doing the book report thoroughly and according to a high school standard? You know, my own philosophy is I love reading. I, okay. I read the back of shampoo containers. I'm reading. I read it red line. I read I'm reading all right. the time. <laughs> and I and I I never I don't like to assign book reports to every book because I hate to I hate to wreck it. So like in the younger ages too, I really let my kids choose the books that they want. I don't choose them for them because I just see reading is such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I um I don't make them finish every book that they start because I know for myself I would read something and I didn't really like it, but I made myself do the completion thing and I hated it all the way to the end. Uh oh. Um, callers, and there's some music coming through on our line. Could you please check and make sure you don't have some um, music tied in with your phone? Press star six to mute out your phone. I want to leave the line open if we can. So I, it must, it has to be on your line if I'm able to block out the music on this line. Okay, so check your phone, and if you have any music going on in your background, pretty music, but make sure you mute it out. Okay, there we go. Yamash, are you still there? Okay, I'm here. Okay. I didn't hear the last part. I know. You have to remind me, too, because I get derailed so easily. You basically said that you don't require one for every book. Oh, about the book, yes, and, and to finish the book. Because you love to read, so you're already modeling that. Mm-hmm. Is it that you're um, you're thinking about what books it is that they should read? Yes, and I've, I want my daughter is fantastic at math and she seems yeah. to like science so I'm very very happy with that at the same time I know she still needs the language component so I don't want to tell her well you need to be reading this level of yeah. book but yeah. you know let her pick the book and make sure it's something she enjoys to just get her into it so that'll improve her writing and then encourage her to keep stretching herself you know to okay. read the books that she really enjoys but then every once in a while, I say, "Hey, honey, why don't you read, um, you know, Pride and Prejudice, or, or what, what? What book from this list, like the list of classics? I mean, they're classics for a reason. They've been mm-hmm. beloved for a hundred, hundred fifty years. Say, so, hey, oh. why don't you stretch yourself and really work on this book? Okay, and where did you get the list of classics? Because great yeah. books to me don't seem to be the great books for her. And I've read, uh, yep. you know, the whole Chronicles of Narnia series yeah. and all of this stuff. And I was writing books in second grade. So it was like fascinating for me, but her fascination is elsewhere. So where did you get the list of classics, or where can I find? Well, that? like a Thomas Jefferson education—that's a, a popular style of homeschooling, mm-hmm. and their whole philosophy is classics, not textbooks. Okay. So if you find their book, boy, it was a very affordable book, like a like fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. You can Google it. Uh, Google a Thomas Jefferson education, and okay. I have I interviewed um, Oliver DeMille last year about this topic. And he has a list of what he considers to be adult classic and also children classic books mm-hmm. in the back of the book. And okay. your library may have a list of classics, too. Okay. Yeah, and then um, and then show her the list. In other words, you're encouraging her to stretch herself. Okay. And do you give a particular format for the book report? I don't see, no, I don't like book reports. 
because I think it's what a way to wreck reading. Okay. So um, for if it's a high school class, like if they're reading a, a science textbook or a history textbook, maybe she can come and tell you about it. Or maybe you read the book together and then you watch a movie. Maybe you, you know, she reads Pride and Prejudice and then you watch the two different versions of the movies, like the BBC and the newer version, and then you discuss mm-hmm. it. Because okay. it, what is it that you're hoping for the book report? Are you trying to give her an opportunity to write or are you wanting her to prove that Did she's read it? A little bit of both. Because her goal is to, as soon as she possibly can, she doesn't want to be homeschooled anymore. And the district that's that we're in is a very good school district. It's number one. So you have to be, and she is, and she has to be very good, you know, in that school district if you want to really shine. So, so she has to prove um, mastery. Are you going to put her back in school, or is she planning on homeschooling all the way through high school? She's planning to, she, her desire is to return to the regular school. Okay, so she's motivated. And do you know which school she wants to go into? She wants to go to Munster High School. And what grade is she now? She is ninth grade. Oh, so she's in ninth grade now, so she wants to go back in by 10th grade? Yes. Okay, so boy, this is going to be so easy for you because she's going to be really motivated. So I would work backwards. I would contact the school and say, um, we're going to be transferring in. Our daughter will be coming in for the 10th grade. Can you please tell us what she should have covered? And don't have to necessarily tell them you're a homeschooler. You know, what is it that she should cover in ninth grade? What will she be covering in 10th grade? Do you have a particular book list? But I can tell you the books they assign are always different. Every English teacher assigns their own um, different list of what they consider to be wonderful books. Okay. So there isn't a particular reading list. Now, there's a particular math level, and there's certain history topics that she should have covered, but I, I haven't heard that being much of a problem because history jump, jumps around a lot. It does. You, know, you could study famous history in women. You could study famous musicians. You could study famous scientists. You can do history any way you want. You know, you don't have to do it in a linear fashion. But um, they should start looking at the U.S. Constitution. Is that yes, correct? that tends to be junior and senior year. Okay. Do you know a resource for that, to look at the U.S. Constitution? Well, you know, in other words, match it to the school. If she's going to go back in the school, find out what textbooks they're using because they're following your state standards. Okay. It's just going to be very easy. That's going to be your curriculum. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So you so find much. out, and then you can you can even probably get some of those textbooks in advance, and your daughter's going to be motivated. So remember, set her up for success, so she can hit the ground running. Because she's already going to have a transition from going from homeschooling to large classroom learning, you know, and for the social aspect of it. But make sure that she's totally up on her academics, so that she doesn't have to worry about that at all. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Any other questions of, along that line? And Beatrice, you had asked about volunteer hours, and I thought Tamara's answer was excellent on that, that to go to Craigslist, the craigslist.com, put in the name of your city, and that they have a particular section on volunteer opportunities. And to that, I think that just kind of is a good place to start um, where you can talk about, you know, what kind of things are you interested in? My children all like to get their volunteer hours either by tutoring or by working with animals. Uh, maybe somebody else likes to do it by helping people with computers. Maybe somebody else's Habitat for Humanity. There are lots of different ways of doing it. But my understanding now is that the colleges are really looking for these volunteer hours. And, of course, they're so nice anyway, the give back. And we're so lucky as homeschoolers that our children K-12 
can uh, intern and volunteer during the school hours when there isn't so much competition for those spots. So I think there really is, um, um, we, have, we have the one up on that with homeschooling. And then the last question uh, was Karen, who has a dyslexic eighth grader. And so she was asking about um, test preparation and also help with high schooler. Uh, Karen, my, um, I have a son with macular degeneration. He has a vision disorder. So we use lots of auditory books. We, he listens to audio books. He must listen to three different books a week. And he really flies through them because he listens to them while he exercises or while he, you know, right before he goes to bed. And, of course, I've always read a lot to the children, particularly when they were younger. And almost every book now that's published in written form is published as an audio book, so that certainly is a big help. Um, HowToLearn.com, H-O-W-T-O-L-E-A-R-N.com, has lots of information about uh, dyslexia and also about um, test preparation, how to prepare your child when they have some type of a special need. So, Karen, does that help with your question on that? Uh, yes, it does. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And, good, and that's the beauty of homeschooling, too. You'll find a lot of parents with special needs children, especially a lot of children who are labeled ADD or ADHD because um, homeschooling is not a big deal. Like my son, he can see. He just can't see a blackboard, so he might have been put into a special ed class. But with homeschooling, he just moves the book close to his eyes, and when he starts getting tired, he takes a break. So, I mean, that sure is nice that we can tailor their learning to whatever their needs are. And doesn't everybody have special needs? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. We're all different. We all, you know, learn differently in different times. So I think that's more of a reality for that. So, callers, we have three minutes left. Left. Do you have any other um, questions that I can answer for you before we're done with our time? What was the name of the title that you mentioned about Thomas Jefferson? If you do a Google search for a Thomas Jefferson education, I loved it. And their whole method, and plus look in our at homeschool.com forward slash pre-order because um, I uh, interviewed Oliver DeMille, I think it was last year or two years ago, about how to give your child a Thomas Jefferson education. And it's all about classics, not textbooks. And the idea is that the children would read these classics, and so would the parents, and they would discuss them to making sure that there's understanding there and, and then apply it. Really, really a neat concept. And he had that list in the back of the book. Thank you. And I've noticed, too, that when I get one classic book, especially if it's a part of a series, that they tend to list the other classics. I bought those great little um, junior illustrated classic series that I got from Borders or Barnes & Noble, and they were like $5 each. I must have gotten them individually, about 15 of them. And then my younger kids love them because it really gives them a taste for Moby Dick. And then if they want, then they can either listen to or read the full book. And I'm listening to a fantastic audio CD series called the um, something like The Greatest 100 Books in History. And it'll talk about Camille or the different Shakespeare works. And it tells you... Um, that uh, tells you a little bit about the author, what was going on in history that time, and then it summarizes the plot, and it's really, really nice. And you can Google that for uh, Instant Expert. It's the Google for that. It's part of their Instant Expert series. Really expensive, but, boy, one of the neatest things I've ever um, purchased and listened to. And they have a, a, a great series on the 100 most influential people through history, too, where they have these biographies of the Wright brothers or Madame Curie, all these different things. They were terrific to listen to. The whole family's been listening to them, and we're learning so much. 
Any other last questions? I had a question. Yes, hello. Hi. Uh, earlier when you were talking about grade-level expectations, you were mentioning some books. Uh, one was Edie Hirsch, the other was Well-Trained Mind, and then there was something else that you mentioned. There's a Rebecca Rupp book that's very popular. Her last name is spelled R-U-P-P, and you can go to Amazon.com. She's written a number of books. They're all excellent. But this one in particular, it's called Home Learning Year by Year, How to Design a Homeschool Curriculum from Preschool through High School. Now, remember, don't get married to it because you want to make up your own grade-level right. expectations. Sure. Yeah. But at least it's, but it's nice to have a place to start because it's always easier to edit than it is to create. Right. I had a question. Yes, hello. Hello. Um, I was interested mostly in your complete education in less than 8 to 10 hours per day question. Oh, yeah, and mostly what I want to do with that is I want to comfort you about that. But remember um, that homeschooling is fast. That's the reason you'll see the young TV stars and movie stars and Olympic athletes. The reason they homeschool is because this one-on-one -on -one learning and small group learning is so much faster than classroom learning. But and it seems to be taking me all day. I don't know what's the problem, and I only have one. Oh, really? Yes. Well, um, now remember in the classroom they have a lot of – I'm thinking maybe you're being too hard on yourself. In the classroom, they're only on task 10 minutes out of every hour, and they have to do all this different review. Mm -hmm. So um, how come you're, why are you spending six to uh, eight hours a day? What is it that you're doing? Well, we, follow the, we do follow the E.D. Hirsch. That's sort of our backbone, uh, those books. I and I have the, even the sequence. Yeah. You know, that shows you month to month and it sets up your schedule for you, basically, or what, what you, what would be, uh, should be included in their learning. Yeah. And I sort of just check off things as we learn them. I don't try to get too involved. Perhaps, um, I don't know, just for instance, today we did a chemistry lesson. My daughter's, uh, ten and a half. And it took us about three hours to get through the whole lesson. And I don't know why it's taking so long. Well, I guess my first question is, is are you having a good time with it? Are you, are you okay about that amount of time? Do you feel good about it? Or are you feeling um, pressured and are there a lot of tears about it? Um, it's more pressure. Okay, you're feeling pressure. Boy, it shouldn't be. Okay. Yeah, it shouldn't be because, remember, um, your kids are going to get a really rich education, this, especially this one-on-one -on -one learning. My goodness, you're mm -hmm. talking mastery learning the whole time. Mm -hmm. She's not sitting in a classroom where you're hoping that some of the drops being, you know, poured in from the pitcher are going to actually go in and work. Mm -hmm. You know what she's learning, so I want to comfort you about that. Mm -hmm. And the Edie Hirsch books, they have an excellent reputation. I really like them myself, mm -hmm. but maybe you need to rethink their schedule. Okay. Because maybe you'll find that, you know, one day you want to be totally open and flexible and creative and having fun all the time. Right. Because you wanted to stay, so maybe you're really in a role with science. Go forward on science. Mm -hmm. Because, see, the thing is that you know in your mind you're kind of keeping track. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're not like a teacher who doesn't know your child very well. You know and you can and you talk with you. Is it your daughter? Yes. You can say, boy, you know what, we've been doing a lot of science lately because we've really been on a roll on that. But, you know, but we better get back to math. We better make sure that we're still covering math. Mm -hmm. But there's, remember, use, use their guide just as a guide, you know, not, as, not as shackles. Right, okay. And I might I really, be getting too wrapped up in it to try to accomplish yeah yeah maybe and, and then this in the marathon member is about it's not just the finish line it's about the marathon mm-hmm yeah and you are in a marathon you got to pace yourself have a good time along the way and you're teaching your daughter you're answering her questions and you're following her interests and these tangents are not derailing you these tangents are when learning really gets exciting 
Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly if she reads something and wants to know about Egypt, by golly, you want to give yourself the chance to go and do that. Mm-hmm. Because now if you're following her interests, she's taking it all in. Right. Then you've got almost 100% mastery there. Mm-hmm. And then you, and the fortunate nice thing is you still have the Edie Hirsch thing there as a guide. Mm-hmm. When you start feeling overwhelmed or lost, you can go back to that script, to that guide. Right. But I, I, you got to have fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, because what a neat opportunity. The two of you are spending time together. And, and what about if you use that guide and you set your own goals? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're talking with your daughter because you're teaching her how to learn. Mm-hmm. So she gets to love learning her whole life and say, boy, you know, how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about what we're doing right now? You know, are there any changes that you think we should make? And you talk together. Mm-hmm. And you set goals with her. And you come up with a schedule that works really well for both of you. And, you know, the beauty about talking to her this way is she, in her answers, she's going to tell you her learning style. Mm-hmm. When she tells you um, how it, what it is that she wants to learn and how, and how she learns best, bingo, she's just told you her learning style. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter said, um, she's not a kinesthetic learner. She says, I don't want to do science fair. Please don't make me do science fair. Right. But then for history, she said, ooh, I want to write a really monster report about England. Mm-hmm. So she's, isn't that cool? Yes. Yeah. So they're, that way they're learning what they want to learn in a way. And I think it's neat that you're doing those experiments at home. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a roll and you want to do five days of experience, experiment, I think you should let yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because have you noticed with, like, the children's development, with their learning, it tends to go in bursts. Right. And then it ebbs, and it needs a little time to marinate, and then it has another burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Putting a new perspective. It's just nice to have the comfort, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it is. Well, it sounds like you're doing a really nice job. Remember to keep the fun. It's got to be fun. Yes, you're absolutely right. Otherwise, we might as well put them in school. If they're going to be miserable, we might as well put them in school. <laughs> That's what I often say. <laughs> what the heck? You might as well be in school <laughs> if it's miserable. <laughs> but I just have to change our perspective. Yeah, okay. It's, it's such a gift you're giving your child being able to homeschool and being able to spend that time together. And plus, aren't you learning all these great new things, too, and having a good time with it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I never got history and science in school. I may have gotten A's, but I didn't learn anything. Yeah, I feel the same way. We're reading the history of us this year. Oh, yeah. And it's I, great. And I just, there's so many gaps. I just didn't yeah. know. <laughs> well, you'll love those um, those history, those biology CDs I was telling you about. Yes, Dude, I wrote that. Um, 100 Most Influential People um, in Throughout History. Look at that instant expert. Oh, my gosh, I'm just learning for the pleasure of it. And my kids see me being excited about it mm-hmm. and coming home and talking about it. And, mm-hmm. and when we went to France, suddenly we had the whole thing. We all listened to the CDs about Monet. Oh, it, yeah. It was wonderful, huh? <laughs> so, and they were really getting it. It's one of the best things I've seen, but it's auditory. Okay. So my visual learning, it comes with a little written cheat sheet, but for my... Um, my visual child, she's not getting it. It's not working as well for her. Did you have your children tested to decide what type of learners they were, or are you just determined? I can tell when I run into a wall. Okay. When I, when I love the audio books. My son and I, we could drive cross-country and listen to books all day. Oh. We'd probably get to the hotel and keep listening to them. But my younger daughter, it makes her car sick. Oh, okay. And she, she say, stop, pick it off. Love the music. <laughs> And then for another one, it's my uh, my husband is um, a visual learner. He likes everything in lists and bullets. I learned that at, a, at, a, at an early age in our marriage. Mm-hmm. When I had a great idea, I wanted to talk about it to him. Talk, 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 talk. And he says, I can't get it. And, you know, he couldn't see it. Oh, so he I wanted to write it down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I think it's when you hit that wall, that mountain, you go, oh, how am I going to get around that? Right. 
Okay. And then it's a tendency, too, um, you tend to teach to your own learning style. Mm-hmm. So I tend to talk about everything because I'm auditory. Mm-hmm. But it's my, that not, my, not all my kids are. My visual learner, she's got to have the workbook. She loves the worksheets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, mine loves workbooks. She does, and I don't like workbooks. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that way you're going to ask her, hey, what's working best for you? Okay. And, and then same thing when you're doing all your books. Don't feel like you have to finish everything you start. Right. It's taken us five times to finally find an algebra book that's working for my daughter. It doesn't mean the other ones were bad. It just means they weren't working for her. That's very good advice. Yeah. we're on the Saxon, but now I find the Saxon is just too easy for her. Yes, and my son didn't like the Saxon because it was too many practice problems. He loves math. He needed to go faster. Yeah, we just do the even or the odd. I don't have Mm -hmm. her do them all. Yeah. But I just find that it doesn't, it's not, it seems a little below grade level to me where initially when she started in third grade, I thought it was at grade level or above. The nice thing about it, though, is that you can go as fast or as slow as you want with the Saxon. Right. In other words, you just keep asking, and they're asking her, how many practice problems do you need to master that? Right. I mean, how cool is that? that I know. It's true. I, 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 took, I took note of that when you said it earlier. But I do. We only do the even or odd anyway, yeah. but she probably doesn't even need all those. I don't know. That's yeah. 15, right, or, or 10. And I, my son, when he was little, he came back, and we'd done the whole multiplication program. He says, Mom, I'm still not getting it. Right. And, and how nice that there's no shame to that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, Well, callers, we're past the hour. Eight minutes past, and our CD is going to be full. (laughs) Any other final thoughts or questions before we sign off for the whole week? Oh. Kind of sad to have it all done. Yeah. So you have this again next week? No. This is our winter homeschooling teleconference. Is there still time to ask a question? (laughs) Yes, and then our next one is in August. And you can order the recordings. You go to homeschool.com forward slash pre-order, mm-hmm. and then order them right away because it takes us a little bit of time. We, you know, we work on them in advance. Okay. It's really easy because you can burn your own CD, you can upload them, and they're really handy. Okay. Thank yeah. you. And, in fact, we have over 100 recordings because we've been doing this for so many years. Oh, my God. Thank you. Um, the Instant Expert, where do you get that? Yes, that's what I need. I know. I'm trying, I, unfortunately, I don't have it right here in front of me. Um, if you do a Google search for instant expert series, while we're talking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in and see if I can't find it for you. So I'll tell you what, Kelly, let me go ahead and say my closing words. And then, um, Kelly, stay on, stay on the line. I'm not going to close down the line. Stay on the line, and I'm going to go on, on the Internet and find the name of that series, okay? Thank you. Excuse me. I have a question. Yes, hello. Hi. I'm a student, and... I'm wondering, you were talking about junior colleges earlier. Yes. I was wondering, if you go to a junior college, are you still eligible for scholarships? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and listen to the earlier interview we did with the college admissions expert. And then um, there's moneyforcollege.com and paylessforcollege.com. And, and okay. Okay. And do a Google search, too, for um, looking for scholarships, and then talk with the junior college, too. Okay, could you say those two one more time? The those websites? Yes, yes. please. Um, pay less for college. That's okay. P A Y L E S S C O L L E G E dot com. Yeah. Uh, he had. In fact, if you email him, we interviewed him. His name is Reese. We interviewed him yesterday, and he was excellent. Okay. Um. Oh, and the other one, um, money, I think it's called moneyforcollege.com. Moneyforcollege.com? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, callers, 
email me. I can't find the name of that series either, and I have it in my car because I listen to it all the time. So if you email me at Rebecca at homeschool.com, and I will write you back and tell you the name of those CDs I was telling you about, and I'll give you a link to their website. Does that sound good? Are you still there, Carly? Yes, thank you yes. so much. Okay, good. So uh, email Rebecca at homeschool.com, and I will um, send you that information. Well, we're out of time. Thank you very much for being with us this week. I hope we've given you lots of good information. I know for myself I've taken pages of notes. And our next um, homeschooling teleconference will be this August. So I'll be asking our product testers who they recommend for our guests, and I know it will be a terrific event again. So be sure to order the recordings uh, this next week because we're putting them into um, collections after this and the prices are going to go up. So go ahead and order it now while it's just a dollar each. It will be more affordable for you. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you so much for your time.